So a number of, of years ago, uh, there was a young man who was a Kohen. And he grew up not religious, um, but he knew he was a Kohen. He was a proud Jew. He was a, he was a Kohen. And then when he was in his, I think he was in his 30s already, when he started getting involved in Yiddishkeit, started learning, started growing in his, in his, in his Judaism, his observance, and um, he eventually got to the point where he started keeping Shabbos. Um, and he was, uh, you know, he was, he was a committed Jew, and he really um, wanted to get married. So he started dating, um, and he, he just he met a girl after girl after girl, and no, and no one was right. And he dated for years, um, and, uh, you know, he wants to have kids, and he's getting older, and he's dating, and he's dating, and then he's not meeting the right one, not meeting the right one. And finally, he meets a girl, and he really, really likes her. And they're getting to know each other, and they really connect, and, and you know, and, and he's, he's, he's excited because finally, you know, someone he really thinks could be it. And then um, he realized that um, she actually, since she had been married before, um, is that he as a Kohen couldn't marry her, because a Kohen is not allowed to marry a woman who is divorced. So when he realized this, um, he was very, very devastated. And he and and asked me, you know, isn't there any way around this? You know, well, you know, this this is impossible. It can't be. You know, I'll, I don't I don't care. I'm going to marry her anyway. So you know, so what what do you tell such a person? You know, what do you what do you say in that situation? So we'll come. I'll come back to that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I told them um, at the end. I'll, we'll come back. Remind me if I forget to finish the story. But you know the. Um, the um, Parsha this week begins with the death of, of Sarah. Okay, it's the Sarah Mena, the great matriarch of the Jewish people. And the Torah starts off telling us that she was 127, and that when she was 100 years old, it, it says she was 100, and she was 20 and 7. And it says when she was 100 years old, she was like a 20-year-old with regards to sin. And um, all of her years were equivalent in their goodness. And... The, we, you know, we saw actually in, in the, the Parshas of Avraham and Sarah, we saw that her prophecy was greater than Avraham. She was on a higher level of prophecy than Avraham. And she was a, tremendous, a tremendously great woman. Now, we often learn things in the Torah by where they are. Okay? The, the juxtaposition of two different things um, always brings up the question of why, why are these two things placed next to each other. Sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's less so. So the very end of the, of, of the previous Parsha, last week, is the Akedah. Okay, the Akedah is the famous incident where God tells Avraham that he should, he should offer up his son Yitzchak as a sacrifice. And then at the very last minute, uh, Hashem sends a, sends a malach, an angel, who calls out and says, you know, I don't, don't do anything, to him, don't touch him. And, and, because, and this is the final test of Avraham, it was the tenth test, as it was brought him to his completion and, and, and enabled the continuation of, uh, of uh, his mission through Yitzchak for the, for the Jewish people um, to, to develop. So, um, now Avraham was, was a person whose, whose uh, overriding quality was that of chesed, of kindness. So the, the test of, of him having to offer up Yitzchak to overcome 
his, his kindness and his mercy, and not only that, but for everything he'd worked for and understood his entire life, which is that he was the beginning of a, of a unique nation, and that Yitzchak was the one who had carried on, he was gonna, that was all going to end, and it, and it was it was an incredible test that he passed, okay, that he passed. So it tells us, this, the Torah tells us about the Akedah, and then this week's Parsha begins with the death of Sarah. So, the fact that these two things are placed next to each other is that um, Rashi tells us is that not only okay, would, would Sarah not have been able to, if she, if she had been told to do that, wouldn't you, she wouldn't have been able to, to, to offer up Yitzchak. But the whole, that when she heard, when she found out, because she was a, she was a prophet, so when she, forever, whatever it was, her Ruach HaKadosh, when her, her, under, her, her ability to know what was going on is, when, is that when she understood what was going on, is that she actually died. She died from the shock uh, when she heard about the fact that Yitzchak was, was being brought up as, a, as, as an offering, and Avram was supposed to, to, to shecht, actually shecht Yitzchak. So you see that for all of her greatness, and, you know, and the Torah told us that her, her, her level of prophecy was higher than Avraham's, for all of her greatness, is that it seems like the Torah is telling us that there may be been a flaw, because Avraham, so he was able to he was able to pass that test. He was able to to offer up Yitzchak, and you know his his the continuation of the Jewish people. Yet we see that Sarah, when she even heard about it, is she died from the shock. I don't know what you know. It doesn't doesn't get into the specifics. It was her heart stopped. Whatever it was, however she died. Okay, she died from the shock. Maybe it was a heart attack. Okay, so is 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 that is the Torah therefore telling us that? Sarah was not on the level of Abraham. Is that is that there was something missing? Something that you know, in, in Sarah, something wasn't right. So in the in the book of Daniel, um, which is which is not one of the most widely uh, learned books of the Tanakh, um, but the but the, the book of Daniel is a fascinating a fascinating book. It's in, it's part of the part of the Tanakh. It's one of the writings in the Torah. And it's, uh, talks of, it's, it's, it's the, the context is after the destruction of the temple when the Jewish people have been brought to, to Babylon in, in exile. And uh, Daniel is a, is a Jewish boy who was put in the service of the emperor, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and there are, some other, there are some other Jewish boys who end up in the service of the emperor. And uh, they managed, to, we, we learn about how they managed to uh, navigate the challenges of uh, being Jewish, being from in that environment. And there's a particular incident, a very, very famous incident which happens, where Nebuchadnezzar, the, 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 the ruler of the world, is that he erects a golden statue um, 30 meters tall. And he calls together all of the important people in, uh, in, 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 the, in the world empire that he runs, okay, all the leading officials and ministers and people from all the different provinces, and they come, and he tells everybody that they must bow down. Now, present there were these three Jewish boys who were in, in the high, high officials in the government, but they were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And anybody threatens the, the emperor who does not bow down is going to be killed. And so these three boys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, is that they refuse to bow. Everybody else bows, and they remain standing. Okay, they remain standing. So as a result, is they're sentenced to death. So there's a there's a huge furnace that they dig into the ground, 
which goes to very high temperatures. And they had, they had this furnace, Nebuchadnezzar had this furnace heated to seven times the normal heat. It was blistering hot. So much so that the soldiers who were given the task of throwing these three Jewish boys into the furnace, they died from just when they, once they got close, close to the, they died from the heat of the fire. And it was such an intent, intensely hot fire that the soldiers who threw them in died. So the soldiers go and they take these three boys and they throw them into the fire. And what happens? Nothing. Nothing. There's a miracle. Is the fire doesn't touch them. Okay? Is it, is it, they don't die. They don't burn. Not, 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 not even, not even a, a hair on their head gets singed. Okay? Nothing. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. It's a tremendous miracle. And they're saved. So there's a Gemara... Gemara and Ksuvah. So the Gemara says that, okay, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were willing to give their lives to die for Kiddush Hashem, and they refused, they, they refused, they rather chose to rather die. I mean, they didn't know they'd be saved. They, they, you can't count on a miracle. Um, they were willing to choose death rather than bow down to the statue. But the Gemara says that had they been whipped, okay, had they been physically tortured, they would have bowed down. Meaning, the Gemara says, they are prepared to die a painful death to sanctify Hashem's name, but they would not have been able to hold out against an extended period of torture. Okay? If they had been tortured, they would have bowed down to the statue. And because, you know, and, and I think that the, 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 it even comes out in the Halach, if I'm not mistaken, that from this is that to the torture, being tortured, you know, over, for Extensive period of torture is, is with no end in sight is worse than death. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a funny Gemara, this Gemara, um, because um, what's the Gemara telling us? The Gemara is saying, ah, don't think, you know, these three, these three heroes in Jewish history, don't think they were so great. Yeah, they're willing to die in order to, to sanctify Hashem's name, but you know what? Just between you and me, if they, had, if they would have tortured them, then uh, they actually would have bowed down. So is, is, is the Gemara is knocking them. The Gemara is saying, don't think they're so great. So there's another Gemara. And the Gemara, the Gemara is in the Vodazara, and the Gemara says, Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba Im Briyasov. Which basically means that Hashem doesn't look for excuses to be harsh with people. Okay? Hashem, Hashem is not trying to nail anybody. Okay? Hashem's not, he's not out to get anybody. He, does, he, he, he doesn't set people up to fail. You know, is that he's, he's, he, he's, he's, not, he's not harsh with people for no reason. Hashem's not out to get anyone. Okay? He's ain't a Kaddish Baruch Huba, So, what that means is that if a person is not able to pass a particular test, a person is, is not, doesn't have it in them to deal with a certain situation, then Hashem is not out to nail anybody. Okay? Hashem is not going to put that person in such a situation. In other words, is that Hashem only gives a person a test that they can handle. Okay? A test that they're going to be able to pass. So, the, one of the great Achreinim, uh, he says, the Chadushi Harim, he says, Hashem knows exactly what a person can take and what a person cannot take. And Hashem understood that these three boys, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, is they would not have been able to take torture. 
They wouldn't have been able to stand up. They wouldn't have been able to withstand torture. So you know what? So he didn't set up a situation where they were tortured. He didn't test them with that because he knew that was a test they wouldn't be able to pass. So he only tested them with the test of dying by burning. So okay, he knew that they could. They could okay, it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a horrible, you know, it's a horrible way to die, but it's also quick. Okay, it's also a, a quick. Um, way to die. That they could, you know, just to, to overcome that the, the, the fear and the you know, and, and, and to, to be able to make a one-time choice to to, to um, be put to death, so that they could do. But to for the, to be able to withstand an extended period of torture, they couldn't. So he didn't give them that test because he knew they couldn't pass. So it doesn't mean that necessarily they would pass the test. But what it means is that they can, they have it with, they have with the wherewithal, they have it within them, they have the resources, the internal resources to choose properly if they so desire to pass the test. And the, the Vilna Goyen, he also says, very, on, a, on a very similar, a very similar um, sentiment, he says that God keeps the Yetzirah, a person's evil inclination, on a leash. And Hashem only lets the leash out according to the person's ability to overcome their Yetzirah. He won't, he, won't the, he won't let it out any more than the person is going to be able to overcome. Okay, so what that means is, you know, if you, if you look, if you look at, the, at, the, at the, the Torah, it doesn't, there is not, there's, there's not even, doesn't sound, it's not, does not imply that there's even any hint of criticism about Sarah. Okay? That she, because, because she, you know, she, she didn't have the ability to deal with the Ikeda, with the binding and the and the the, the slaughtering of Yitzchak. Avraham was tested with that. It was his test. Why was it his test? It was his test because he had the ability to pass. It was a, it was a very difficult test. It was a challenging test. A, but he had the he had the ability to deal with and pass that test. It was not in Sarah's ability to deal with that. Okay, she couldn't deal with it. So you know what that means? It means for Sarah, it wasn't a test. She wasn't expected to deal with it. Hashem wasn't sending that to her as a test. It obviously was her time to leave. It was her, it was her, her time in the world was up. And therefore, she, her, her neshama left. Okay? But it's not that, oh, she, Avraham passed the test and Sarah failed. It's that for Avraham it was a test, but for Sarah it wasn't. Hashem wasn't sending it as a test to Sarah because it wasn't something she could deal with. But since I was Avraham's test, because why? Because Avraham had the ability to deal with it. Because Akadosh Ein Akadosh Baruchu Baba Tarunya Imbreisav. God does not come to get anybody. He's not out to get anybody. He doesn't look for excuses to be harsh to people. He doesn't give anyone anything that they are not able to handle. Now I remember um, hearing um, years ago, Rabbi Orlovsky, and he's an, you know, Rabbi Orlovsky is quite a well-known speaker nowadays, he's on tour anytime, and um, so, so he, um, when, I, when I first was learning at the Asia Torah Yeshiva in Jerusalem, he was teaching there at the time, and I remember a story that he told. He said that there was a time when he was involved in doing um, counseling sessions, um, for like, uh, like group therapy sessions, for people who were, you know, who had gone through different traumas, um, whatever it is, different, you know, different uh, abuse or uh, overcoming different addictions, whatever, whatever it was, is, there's, is that he would be involved in, in running a group therapy section, uh, uh, session. Um, and they would meet every week and people would speak. And um, 
people would sit around a table and they would go around and they would tell their stories, right? They would tell what they'd been through and they'd tell what happened to them. And, okay? and um, he, the way that he described it is like, um, he's like it's like putting your, you know, your pecola. You know, you ever, you know when you, like you go to the kids, go to a party and they get a pecola, a little package to take home. So he says, everyone, puts the, everyone goes around and puts their pecola on the table, okay, in front of them. And everybody, you know, and they sh- everybody shares their story and what happened to them. And he said he, he asked the question, he said many times in these things, he, he would ask people the question. He, he'd say, if you could, now that you've heard everybody go around the table and everyone, everyone has spoken, um, he said, if you had the option to, to swap stories with someone else, okay, if you had, I mean, you could switch. You, you could rather um, give, give up your own, uh, you know, swap your trauma with someone else's trauma. Okay, your story was someone else's story. Would you, would you do it? And he said, never ever did anybody say yes. He said, every person, you know, given the option, would rather take back their pecola, okay, and they'll keep, thank you very much, I'll keep my package. I don't want his, I don't want hers, I don't want, I'll keep mine. And the reason for that, I think, is, is, is very straightforward. Um, and that is that, you know, we, everyone comes into the world and everyone has their unique mixture of character traits, their positive character traits, their negative character traits. They have their strengths, they have their weaknesses, they have their faults, they have their advantages, okay? They have their positive experiences, their negative experiences. And Hashem makes it that everything that the person needs to have, both in terms of their internal resources and their external experiences, you have exactly what you need to have to form you into the person that you're supposed to be. Okay? The right personality, the right, everything that you need to be the person you're supposed to be. And then Hashem sends you the challenges that you're supposed to have. And if Hashem sends a person a challenge, and He sends, sends a person a test, then that means that test was specifically designed for you, and you have exactly what you need. Okay? You, you, you have the resources that you need. You have the, the character resources, you have the strengths that, that you need to overcome that situation, to deal with that challenge, to pass that test. But you don't have the resources you need to deal with somebody else's test. So it's clear when you're in a situation where you can see his test and his test and her test, and, you see, and then you see your test, and you say, you know what, I can deal with my test, but I can't deal with his test. And that's, that's very simple, because you know why? Because God didn't give me what I need to deal with his test or her test. He gave me what I need to deal with my test. And so I have everything that I need to deal with my test. Okay? Because Hashem only sends you a test which you can pass. Okay? He can send you, assuming it's a test, right? In Sarah's case, it wasn't a test. But if Hashem is, put, is giving you a difficulty, is giving you a challenge, He's putting you in a situation which is, which is really, which is really ch- pushing you, it's really challenging, it's really you're struggling, it's painful, it's difficult, is that challenge is a challenge that you can deal with. So, getting back to the, this guy who's a Kohen, okay, this guy is a Kohen, and he says he's finally met a girl, and he's finally met a girl that he likes, and he's finally, in, and how could it be? You know, how could, how could God do this to them? You know, it's a girl that he can't marry, and you know, well, you know, he says, maybe I'll marry anyway, but he can't, he can't marry, meaning, meaning there's no, no rabbi is going to marry, marry to this girl, which means he's got to just go and, you know, meaning he's got to break his, he's got to break his, his, Connection to his Yiddishkeit, he's gonna he's gonna have to throw everything in and just go and go get married, uh, reform or go get married, uh, 
Um, and go get married in home affairs, whatever it is. So, um, so this is what I told them. I said, I don't know exactly why Hashem has put you in this situation. I don't know exactly, you know, what it, you know, what what the big picture is. What Hashem has in mind. So all I know, I, I can tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing. If you're a kohen, and this girl cannot marry Kohen, then she's not your girl. Okay? Then she's not your girl. Meaning, she's not the girl that you're meant to. There's a, every person has someone they're supposed to marry. Okay? You have a zivug. There's a, there's a shaman has someone in mind for you. And she's out there somewhere. And I don't know why he hasn't brought her to you yet. Okay? But one thing is clear. Is if this is a girl that Hashem says you cannot marry, then it can't be that she's your zivug. She's not the one. If Hashem's not, if it's someone you're not allowed to marry, then she's not your girl. It's straightforward. And for whatever reason, Hashem is putting you in this situation. Okay? And maybe what Hashem wants to see is, he's, you know, Hashem is giving you a test. And maybe what He wants to see is He says, are, He wants to see, are you serious? Are you serious? You know? You've, you've been taking things on. You've been growing. You're keeping Shabbos. You say you want to get married. You say you want to start a family. You want to have kids. You want to. So, so now I mean, Hashem's giving you a choice to make. He says, are, are, how serious are you? How committed are you? Are you actually willing to, you know, not take this relationship any further? Are you willing to? Are you willing to do what Hashem wants you to do, or not? Right? So Hashem is giving you a test. So all I, all I know is two things. Number one is this girl is not is not your girl, because it can't be the girl you're not allowed to marry as a girl. And then Hashem is testing you. And if Hashem is testing you, that means that you, that means that He wants something from you, and that you have the ability to pass this test. So he wasn't that happy with that. <laughs> wasn't that happy with that. Um, nevertheless, is that after thinking about it for a few weeks, is he decided, you know, the truth is the relationship, it's not that they were ready to get engaged. The relationship wasn't that far along. But it was the first girl he met where he really felt that there was potential. I could go somewhere he really liked. They're on the same page. Okay? So he decided not to take that relationship any further, and he broke it off. Okay? And he broke it off. And within six months, he was married to somebody else. Okay? Within six months later, he was married to somebody else. And today has a wonderful family. And, you know, years later, and everything is uh, hunky-dory. Okay? So, the, the, the lesson, okay, the lesson that we learn is that, you know, the, the, the lesson of Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah, being thrown into the fire and not being tortured, but being, you know, giving up, choosing to give up their lives. The lesson we see that Avraham was able to deal with the Akedah and that Sarah was not able to deal with the Akedah. It actually, it, it killed, you know, she died from the shock. Is that if something is meant to be a test for you and Hashem sends you a test, He sends you a challenge, He sends you a difficulty, okay, that by definition, so long as it's a test, by definition, that means is that you can handle it and that you can pass it, okay, is that you can pass it. And, you know, there's, there's, um, there's an uh, expression in um, Hebrew. Okay, my people say, oh, means I have, I, have no, I have no strength. I have no strength. Meaning, which I suppose, which is in South Africa, you say the same thing. In South Africa, you say, oh, I cannot, I cannot. You know, you know isn't that what they say here? People say, oh, I cannot. That says, I just, I cannot. So, 
Rebenson Weinberg, Rav Noach's wife, who's a very, very stark lady, okay, very strong, very, very strong lady, is that, is that when, she, when, when she hears people say that, she says, don't say that. Don't say, ain li koyach, say, tain li koyach. Give me koyach. Don't say, ain li koyach, tain li koyach. Say, Hashem, don't say, Hashem, I can't, I can't, because it's not true. You can, because if he puts you in that situation, then by definition, you can. So instead of saying, I can't, say, I can, but tainly kayach, give me strength. Hashem, help me. Davin, Hashem, help me deal with the situation. Help me see what you want from me here. So, and help me understand, give me clarity. What's the right thing to do? And give me the strength to do it. Okay? Because I know, Hashem, that if you're putting me in this difficulty, if you're giving me this challenge, if you're putting me in this situation, then by definition, I can deal with it. And by definition, it's good. And by, ne- by definition, is if I work through it, I will grow from it. I will become bigger. I will become greater. I will become closer to you. Because that's what we're here for. That's what life is about. Okay? Give me the strength. So we should always remember that Hashem will not give you anything that you cannot handle. He will not give you a test that you cannot pass. So we have to remember that as we face challenges in life, we face difficulties in life, we have to know that everything He sends is for our good. Everything is because He loves us. Everything is to help us grow. And that if He's putting you in that situation, you must know by definition is that you can deal with it.